It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a Pick'em Pod coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. This is The Blackout. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black, and we're here to take you through another exciting week of games, even though, hey, we've got some big, big favorites on the board this week. Alan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, my man. I'm much better than uh, Jim Harbaugh is these days, or John Harbaugh, whichever dang brothers at Michigan. <laughs> one of them's a decent coach, one of them sucks. <laughs> You've got Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. You've got John Harbaugh in the NFL. Um, I, that's always stuck in my head. The, the first few years I was gaining familiarity with them, I was super, super confused. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's Jim uh, at Michigan. There we go. Well, I'm much better than he is, and hopefully much better than uh, John is after my Titans beat the Ravens this week. It could be a big, big year for the Titans. Let's hope so for your sake. Alan, let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes. There's not a ton to touch on this week, but hey, there's some interesting stuff. I don't think much of it is going to make a big difference, but Alan, one of the games we've got to look at out of the ACC, Clemson at Florida State. Uh, This is not breaking news this week, but it came out last week, and Mike Norvell's first year as head coach, man, it's been rough. They're two and six, but last week we got the word that starting defensive tackle Marvin Wilson is out out for the season with an injury. Starting wide receiver, Tamori Ontario, is no longer with the team. He's expected to be preparing for the NFL draft. Uh, Former starting quarterback, James Blackman, is expected to transfer after graduation. I think he's kind of down and out with the team as well. And then one starting offensive lineman, Devontae Love-Taylor, is also out for the season with an injury. Man, Allen, the hits keep on coming for the Seminoles. Oof. I mean... I mean, they didn't stand a chance in this game anyway, but still, I mean, it's it's rough times down there in Tallahassee. I mean, this used to be a really great, fun game, must-watch game, and now it's not even worth turning on the TV for, unless you're a fan of one of those two teams. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you get all these guys missing, and it's already – uh, a Florida State team that's struggling so much. This is not the type of week as you're making all these adjustments. From what I understand, I think I've heard some people talk about there's kind of a youth movement going on at Florida State. You know, you've got a coach in his first year. The season's already kind of lost. You may as well at this point just be preparing for next season because you've got to get some young guys in there and get some experience and start figuring out what the future looks like. But this is not the type of week that you want to be welcoming on your home field a top five opponent. Nope, not at all. 
Alan, let's keep on moving through. We have LSU at Arkansas out of the SEC. I don't think we've clarified this on the show yet. I, I may be wrong. This may have been in a, in a past episode, uh, but just making sure, I saw clarification this week that uh, the Tigers quarterback, Miles Brennan, is now out for the season. I don't remember exactly where we were on that. I think we were still kind of talking about he could be back at some point. Uh, but from the reports I'm seeing, it looks like Miles Brennan is now done for the year. He had kind of a, I think, a muscle tear somewhere in his in his uh, midsection. Um, I don't know, kind of in his rib area or something like that. And uh, so for a while, they were kind of thinking he might be back. Uh, but this week, once again, at Arkansas, it's either going to be TJ Finley or Max Johnson, one of the two true freshmen, getting the start at Arkansas. Yeah, it's just a really tough blow for them. They needed Miles Brennan, right? We saw that a couple of weeks ago when they played at Auburn. They're much better when um, when Miles Brennan is in there. So uh, I, that's a that's a tough one in an already tough year for Coach O. And so the, the cookie monster is uh, minus one more cookie. <laughs> Alan, another SEC matchup to look at is Florida at Vanderbilt. Again, this has no difference on the game, but the Gators were still trying to figure out what the deal is with Kyle Pitts. He's still dealing with concussion symptoms after that massive hit he took against Georgia. I, I hate it that it's still unknown when he's coming back. I, I hate to know that he's dealing with you know concussion repercussions at this point, uh, but man, it'll be nice for the Florida Gators when they get him back. He's such a dynamic athlete, uh, but they just certainly don't need him for this game. No, I mean, at this point, like, you, I don't know when they'll need him again, except for on December 19th when they play in the SEC championship game, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they've got Vanderbilt, they've got Tennessee. I don't think they've played Kentucky yet. Right. You know, they, they are on the easy side of their schedule now. So they're just going to start. They don't need him to score even 40, even 50 points at this point. Alan, that about covers it for the news and notes. So let's go ahead and jump into our picks for the week. We have a game of the week where we decided, hey, we've got some games that look like they're going to be larger point spreads, potential blowouts. So we opted to go back to the Big 12. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. There is a chance this could be a preview of the Big 12 championship game. Uh, This is a fascinating one, Alan. What are you looking at uh, for the Cowboys as they visit the Sooners this Saturday? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you what stands out is the contrast of styles, right? You got Oklahoma's offense; they've scored sixty-two in their previous two games, winning by a combined eighty-seven points. Um, their defense is only allowing ninety-eight yards per game, um, but Oklahoma has a good defense. They can rush the passer; they can defend on the back end which they're going to have to do because Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler, they're going to push the ball down the field, right? And so I think this comes down to a couple of really important matchups. Will Oklahoma State be able to run the ball? Because they're going to try to, but Oklahoma's defense is only allowing 98 yards per game. I think there's a a couple of reasons for that that are outside of just the fact that they're good against a run. Sure. But, you know, I, I... 
I think that there are several intriguing matchups in this one. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of intriguing stuff in this one, like the Oklahoma run defense. I'm with you. I think that's probably inflated a little bit. They're going to be tested against a guy like Chuba Hubbard, Spencer Sanders, yeah. a quarterback. Those guys can do some things with the zone read, and, and just their elusiveness and their speed uh, is a lot different than a lot of other teams put on the field. So it'll be interesting to watch what Oklahoma does against that duo. Of course, you've got Tylen Wallace on the outside, but I I told you a couple weeks ago, I think this Oklahoma defense has been better than a lot of people anticipated. It's not like it's great. Uh, I think they still have some questions to answer, and we could find out some of that in this game. Uh, But, Alan, I like some of the stuff on the Oklahoma Sooners side. We have Ramondre Stevenson, the projected starting running back, uh, back now. He has come back, run the ball 24 times in the last two games for 191 yards and five touchdowns on those 24 carries. He's averaging eight yards per carry. Now, he's going up against a much better defense against Oklahoma State than he's faced in his previous two games, uh, but it's still big to have him back. Dude, he's almost 250 pounds. He is a load to bring down. In addition to that, they've got Jaden Hazelwood, the wide receiver back. I think that's pretty big. And Ronnie Perkins, the defensive end, back as well. So they've had some guys returning the last couple of weeks. I think that's pretty big. Oklahoma is favored by seven in this game. Alan, I'm going to start us with picks because I came away with 69 points last week to your 64. Uh, In this one, Oklahoma is about a seven-point favorite. That's the line that we have in front of us, at least, a seven-point favorite. If you're scaling that on your board, it would be valued at a five on confidence level. Alan, I'm confident enough to say, yeah, I like the Sooners in this matchup. Um, I'm even confident enough to put it in my middle tier. If you're breaking it down into thirds, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to put it somewhere in my six to ten slot. I'm thinking probably somewhere in like the six to eight range for my for my board. How about you? I am picking the upset, as old Lee Corso said, not so fast, my friend. I'm going with Oklahoma State. Like I said, Oklahoma's defense only allowing 98 yards per game. The reason I think that is like very, very low um, is because several teams have gotten behind so quickly because they're so porous defensively that they essentially have to abandon the run, right? At least three times against Missouri State, and the past two games, Texas Tech and I think maybe Kansas, those are those are games that those teams are behind twenty-one to nothing after the first quarter, right? At that point, you got to abandon the run. You got to start chucking the ball around the field. Oklahoma State's got a good enough defense that I think they can stay in this game. Maybe cause Spencer Rattler some some trouble. Maybe uh, they can rush the passer, keep him in the pocket, and they've been able to defend on the back end. They were able, for the most part to shut down a Texas offense. Um, if that was really on Spencer Sanders, here's, here's what I'm banking on that. They'll be able to run the ball. And I think because it's the in-state rivalry, I think we see the good Spencer Sanders. And so because of that, I'm going Oklahoma state in that lower third range. Hey man, if Spencer Sanders comes out on your end and he protects the football and he's a a playmaker in this game, then you're talking about a super, super close game that can go right down to the wire. So I'm excited by this game. I'm intrigued by it. I I think it's going to be fun to watch, but kind of you, like you mentioned, Spencer Sanders is a huge key. Spencer Rattler is a huge key. Uh, for Oklahoma. I, I just think that this one is oozing with opportunity to be a really fun matchup. And hey, 
We talked about it in the Pick'em Rewind. This is a deal where if you can take a risk on one, this is a little bit bigger spread. Although I'm going to be interested to see where people pick this game because, you know, there are other times where people in these Pick'em contests tend to go with the higher ranked team, uh, you know, and, and, you know, they're ranked right about the same, but Oklahoma State has been more consistent this year. They've got more wins. People were doubting Oklahoma early. I think people could pick Oklahoma State for that reason. But, hey, if you've got people paying attention to the line, uh, there's a chance that you could uh, have this one swing your way and pick up a lot of points on some people. Yeah, and, and you know, at this point, that time of year we talked about this and the pick and rewind, you got to start taking some risks. And and uh, this is one that I, that I, I think I could legitimately come out on top on. I like it, Alan. Let's go ahead and jump into our value picks this week. Alan, for my first one, I'm going to go to the Big Ten in a matchup of ranked opponents. We didn't think it was going to be this way, but I've got Wisconsin at Northwestern that I'm looking at. For this one, we've got Graham Mertz. You talked about it in the Pick and Rewind. He's been really good for the Badgers. He's thrown seven touchdowns to no interceptions so far this year. The competition hasn't been great. He's taken advantage of that, but he's been really solid. On the other end with Northwestern, hey, they're undefeated. Uh, They've had a couple of games where they've been able to come away with close, close victories. Uh, But, you know, they've got some decent good things going for them with the transfer quarterback, Peyton Ramsey, who came over from Indiana. Uh, he's been pretty good for them. He's helped out the offense some, but man, they're still not great offensively. Uh, Ramsey has thrown six touchdowns, but he's also thrown four picks, and it hasn't been against great competition for the most part. Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, and Purdue. Allen, I'm looking at this saying, hey, Northwestern has faced a couple of decent, but not any really good defenses. I think they're up against the best defense they're going to face in the shortened season. Wisconsin, I think it's disciplined, a well-coached team. Wisconsin's favored by seven and a half in this game, which if you're going according to the spread, that would slot them at a six on your board. But Alan, I'm saying, hey, look at Northwestern. They're just kind of a kind of a boring version of Wisconsin. They do the same stuff. They're good defensively. They're not dynamic offensively, but Wisconsin's just, you know, they're the souped up version of it. You know, they're the Northwestern on steroids. So I like Wisconsin in this game. It could be a really close one. I'm not saying the spread's way off, but I just think the Badgers are the better team in this one. So I'm saying, hey, if the spread's telling me at seven and a half, uh, as a seven and a half point spread to put this game at a six, I'm going to say, hey, bump it up a a couple of spots. I think you can put the Badgers at an eight or nine on your board and find two or three points of value this week, Alan. I like that. Here's here's the thing with with Wisconsin, though. I don't know that they've played anybody. Yeah, that's the up truth. To this point, right? So they play a, an awful Illinois team. Oh my lord, they they are just terrible. They're terrible under like the sixth year of Lovey Smith or whatever. I mean, they're they're awful. But as we've seen. Michigan has essentially quit. Yeah, they're trash. Everybody's running through them. And and so I I really wonder what that team, what this Wisconsin team is going to do when they come up against a team that's actually going to be disciplined and have the athletes to at least match up with them. Sure. Right? So where they're going to have, they're actually going to have to out execute them. That was the problem with, with Michigan. They threw multiple interceptions first quarter. Game's over. It's 21 to nothing. Same thing in the Illinois game. So what's going to happen on the road when somebody punches them in the mouth? 
That's, that's a, the one thing we don't know. That is a great question, and I think completely valid because Wisconsin to this point, in my opinion, hasn't played anybody. But I could also flip it and kind of say the same thing about Northwestern. You know, who have they played? You know, Iowa's decent. That was on the road. The Nebraska game, like, I don't know. It's a one-win team. They beat an undefeated Purdue team, but that Purdue team is, you know, decent. They're coming off a rough year a year ago. I'm kind of looking at it and going, hey, Northwestern hasn't played the best competition. They slid by against Purdue. They were outgained by a ton in their Nebraska game, but they still came away with a win. They had a really close game against Iowa. Sure, they blew out Maryland in the opener, but I don't really care about that. I'm not sure Maryland's a great team, even though they've had kind of a surprising start. So I'm going to say, hey, the Wildcats have just kind of squeaked by against not great competition. At least on the Wisconsin side, you've seen them completely dominate questionable competition. I like it, and I tend to agree with you there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how how that those matchups kind of who who comes out and gets settled in. I I think whoever wins the turnover battle in this one wins the game. It'll be fun if it's coming down to the wire. I'm just on the side that I say, hey, I think Wisconsin can win this game by seven or ten points if they just play a clean game, like you said. Hey, turnovers could make this thing sketchy. Uh, but I think if they play a clean game, they could win by a couple of scores. Yeah, I totally. If there's if this game is going to be uh, more than a seven point win, it's going the way of Wisconsin. Right? <laughs> they, they've got a much higher upside. Yes, absolutely. So for uh, for my value pick number one this week, I'm going to pick another upset. I'm taking UCF the Knights Ooh. over Cincinnati. Yeah, so Dylan Gabriel, at Cincinnati's known for defense, right? Luke Fickle has come in. They have established themselves as being elite defensively, currently going to UCF. They're about a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You'd, you'd, you'd pick them about a four if you just went purely off of spread. But UCF, here's the thing. Uh, they've been underwhelming this year on a couple of, of games, maybe that they really shouldn't have, but Dylan Gabriel has been incredibly efficient. 23 touchdowns to two interceptions. Cincinnati does indeed have a great defense. So they will slow them down from some of their averages. But I think on the road, I think we see an inefficient version of Desmond Ritter, who can be a bit loose with the ball with six interceptions this year. So the key for UCF, in my opinion, is the force more than one turnover, and hold Cincy to under 200 yards rushing. And I think they do that and win the football game outright, knocking the American Conference out of the playoff picture. (laughs) I like it, Alan. Uh, This is an interesting one. You mentioned uh, the Bearcats and what they've been this year. We've talked about it on the podcast a number of times because, hey, they've had similar matchups to this, kind of high-flying offenses, not great defenses. We've seen it against SMU. We've seen it against Memphis. We've seen it against Houston. Man, this team has been dominant the last few weeks. Uh, I think what you're looking at in this one is UCF has probably the best offense that they've faced yet. So I I have some questions like you do. You know, what is this defense going to do? But man, I think that UCF is vulnerable on that defensive side. And I think this Cincinnati offense might just keep on rolling. So when... I'm comparing. I mean, I think I'm going to come away with Cincinnati on my board. I think it's going to be fairly confident. Uh, but if UCF is able to have Dylan Gabriel and those guys have an explosive day of offense, uh, you know, they may put you on the right side of this one. 
I think if they can get to 30, if you get to 30 points, 35 points in this one, then they can, they can win that game. But right. They're going to have to get there. And like I said, I, I think this comes down to not necessarily Cincinnati, not scoring and not UCF just running over them. I think it comes down to a couple of turnovers. He's been a little bit loose with the ball. Ritter has. And so I, I think on the road after a few weeks of absolutely steamrolling people, I think up against some good competition that they end up stumbling a little bit. Hey man, it, it, they're kind of due for it at some point. You, at least you would think, you know, statistically yep. you kind of think, Hey, the Cincinnati team was really sound last year, but they were questionable on offense a lot. The defense of course was sound this year. They've just been rolling. So I, I've kind of been waiting on it too. Uh, and if it's going to catch them, it might be this week. But this Cincinnati team, you know, if, if they're able to keep it rolling along, it's going to be very impressive because it's been nonstop so far. Yeah, and this is UCF's chance, right? They've had an underwhelming season, not where they want to be, have had two comeback losses, and that should not have happened, right? Or at least in their mind, and their fans' mind, probably. This is their chance. Yeah. They've snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory a couple of times man it's been as a a volunteer fan i know exactly what that feels like (laughs) all right alan i'm gonna move on to my second value pick i'm looking at the sec and hey man i'm going with another upset i'm keeping your theme going i'm looking at the lsu tigers at arkansas alan we mentioned it earlier in the news and notes uh miles brennan is out for the year okay that means the Tigers are turning to either TJ Finley or Max Johnson at quarterback. Well, you kind of documented this going, hey, TJ Finley didn't play so hot at Auburn. He threw a couple of picks. He was pulled for Max Johnson. That had me thinking, okay, Max Johnson's probably going to start in this game. But what I've been seeing is that TJ Finley is actually more than likely going to be the starter in this game. So I think he has some question marks. We've kind of talked about this Arkansas team. It's a team that I think has overachieved. Uh, but I think in a really good way because I think they play really, really hard every single week. Even in that <laughs> loss to Florida, man, they put up 35 points. It's it's not like they were just completely overwhelmed. You know, they they were semi-competitive in aspects of that game. It's just you can't stop that Florida offense. LSU's offense has not been near as good. There's questions at the quarterback position. You flip it to the other side. Felipe Franks has been pretty good this year. I like some of the weapons he has. In the backfield, Traylon Smith and Raheem Boyd at wide receiver, Traylon Burks and Mike Woods. Man, I like the experience of the quarterback position on the home field with Arkansas going against one of the true freshman quarterbacks with LSU. Hey, if one of them struggles, then you might even see a couple different guys in there. And I think that would play even more to the favor of Arkansas if that happens. So, Alan, right now on our board, we see LSU as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. If you're slotting it according to confidence, that would put LSU at a one on your board. So it's all the way down at the bottom anyway. But I'm saying, hey, I like the experience and the enthusiasm that this Razorbacks team is playing with. I'm going to pick them in the upset, and hey, I'm not going to put them up super high, but I'm going to put Arkansas probably somewhere near a three or a four on my board, taking it from an LSU at a one. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Arkansas was able to do that without Sam Pittman last week, right, without their head coach. Um, and, and so I, I really like that pick. Arkansas has, has as you mentioned, has very much overachieved. Felipe Franks has been – consistent this year in a way that he hasn't Kendall Browse has been able to get the best out of him 
LSU's defense has consistently been porous this year and Arkansas has some playmakers. Yeah. And and so as you mentioned scoring 35 last week against Florida which was a drop in the bucket against what they were able to do, but against most teams and especially this LSU team when they're not facing either Missouri's defense or South Carolina's defense, you know, has has not been able to put up a lot of points. And certainly not without uh, Miles Brennan. And so I I like where you're kind of where you're going with that one. Well, you mentioned the consistency of what we've seen from Arkansas. Here's what I'll tell you, Alan. I think that when you look at Arkansas's games throughout the season, sure, there's wins and losses all over the place. Uh, they're not talented enough to just to win all their games. But I think in their performances, they have been very consistent. They've played very well, I think, in wins and losses. It's not like they're just going out and they're throwing, you know, they're throwing one away and just saying, hey, pack it in. This one's done. I think this team's been fairly competitive for what they have on the field. And then when you flip it over to LSU, man, they've been up and down all over the place. I don't know what to trust with them. Uh, They're coming off that loss against Auburn. Uh, maybe they're due for a good performance, uh, but with the consistency I've seen from Arkansas, I think it's a little bit more trustworthy in this matchup. Yeah, and I I tend to agree with you. They, they have been consistent, and that's what you want when when you're picking some of these 50-50 type games. Uh, for so for my second value pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down uh, down on the plains. I'm saying you're going to want to, and this may be a little bit homerish of me, but it's because <laughs> I have a bit more knowledge. I'm saying you need to slide down Auburn. I'm not saying you got to pick Tennessee. I don't even know that I'm going to pick Tennessee, but here's what I do know. Tennessee won at Auburn with a far worse team in 2018 at Auburn. Jeremy Pruitt, more than anyone else on this planet, knows Gus Malzahn's offense. He had to prepare for it and successfully did so when he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Auburn's going to be missing some folks still with COVID. They haven't played in three weeks. I think this ends up being a close game. Some of Bo Nix's abilities and what he's really good at, what he was able to do against, um, what he was able to do against LSU and their blowout in that game uh, are not some of Tennessee's weaknesses and so they're going to make Bo Nix have to throw across the middle of the field now Michael Schwartz and those guys can they get behind the defense we'll see but I think they're going to make life pretty hard on Bo Nix and and so I, I think that this game ends up staying closer than the line if, if you were just picking Auburn kind of straight up they're an 11 point favorite which would put you at that seven or eight, I'm sliding them down into that lower third, maybe about a three or four and, and, and kind of go from there. I think you can gain a couple of points knowing how, how well Jeremy Pruitt has fared against Gus Malzahn's Auburn teams in the past. I can support it. I have the same thing on my board. I don't know if mine's quite that low, uh, but I'm thinking, Hey, Tennessee, if there's anything they've got going for them, hey, I don't really trust Jarrett Garantano at quarterback, uh, but they have the big offensive line. They've got some good running backs. Auburn hasn't been great in the run defensive side of things so far this season. Maybe Tennessee finds some success there. Um, like you said, I don't know that you can trust Bo Nick. Sure, he's came in, he's coming off a big-time performance against LSU, but LSU, like we said, has been a mess. So has Tennessee, uh, but I don't think Auburn's good enough to just punish 
Tennessee left and right. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking this game is a little bit closer than the spread as well. Like I said, I don't know that I'm dropping Auburn quite as much as you are, uh, but I might be dropping them down in kind of that five or six range, just to, just depending on where I slot some other things. But uh, but I've got the exact same thought. I think slide Auburn down the board. Uh, if there is an upset, I think this is one of the ones that, hey, in the double-digit spread range, I think this is one of the ones that would be a little bit more likely. And, hey, if you drop them down on your board some, you could find yourself with some benefit if uh, if some people put them pretty high. Agreed. I, I think you can potentially swing a couple of points there. And I, I do think that there's a legitimate chance if Tennessee uh, comes out and they actually want to be there and they don't turn the ball over, then I think that's going to end up being more of a toss-up type of game. I like it, Alan. Of course, if you want to track along with the progress of the contest, always tune in here to the Blackout. If you haven't checked it out, we had a pick and rewind that we recorded as well. You can check out that episode for this week. And coming up next week, Alan and I are going to have a pick and pod for you. We're only going to do one episode because of the Thanksgiving week we have ahead of us. But Alan, we've got big things here on the show. And the contest is huge because there's a grand prize everybody's trying to chase down. That is a $50 Visa gift card, a $100 gift card to championshipfootballs.com, and a free t-shirt from bellyupsports.com. And if you haven't checked it out, I've mentioned it a bunch of times, head on over to championshipfootballs.com, see all of the merchandise they have for you from the NFL all the way to college football and all the different teams that are represented. There's a bunch of cool stuff. And if you can find something from one of your favorite teams, if you're not in competition to win that grand prize at checkout, just use the promo code blackout for a discount. But Alan, a ton of cool stuff that we have going on and a big week this week to see if people can uh, position themselves for the final three weeks of competition after this week. We're down to four weeks to go. It'll be interesting to see where people find themselves in the standings after this weekend. It's moving day. It's time to start moving and shaking, my man. Dude, the hard part is, I think you're right. This is where you want to be moving uh, because you want to pick up some ground. But the hard part is there's so many big spreads this week. Uh, if I think if you can figure out a way to gain five or six points on the leader this week, unless there's a big upset somewhere, I think five or six is going to be a really solid week this week if everything goes kind of chalk. Yeah, I tend to agree. Those top, I mean, pretty much everybody's going to have 11 through 15 about the same, I think. I mean, a little variation, but there's some monster spreads that are going to inevitably push those up so you're going to have to earn your bacon on kind of that seven to one range six to two range kind of deal absolutely of course you can always find us on twitter alan is at ad on the blackout i'm at tb on the blackout and of course you can find the show on facebook and on twitter at the blackout pod and the best thing you can do for the show is rate and review that can be done on facebook and on Apple iTunes. Those are kind of the prime spots for both of those. Alan, anything else from you, sir? Not at all, my man. Let's do this. Alan, let's get back at it next week as we head into Thanksgiving. We're going to have another pick and pod. It's going to be a blast. Sir, thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.